We're a unique podcast for families of faith. Produced by parents and pastors who understand and appreciate how hard it is to maintain your faith in a hostile culture. We're here to encourage and support you in the most vital role of all, parenting. If you're feeling overwhelmed and afraid, it's okay. You're not alone. Brilliantly Brave is hosted by two honest and engaging dads with nine kids between them. A road tripper, author, and pastor, Father Brad Mathias, and iShine founder, solo parenting expert, and all-around foodie, Mr. Robert Beeson. Join us each week as we explore and engage with some of the most intriguing, inspiring, outrageous, and awesome parents in the world. This is Brilliantly Brave. Hi, welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host, Pastor Brad Mathias, here in the studio with Robert Beeson. It's good to be here, Brad. It is good to be here, and it's good to get through the fourth outtake before we did this. It's true. Yeah. It's good to see you back in men's clothes. It is wacky here at the Brilliantly Brave Studios, and we are uh, working our way through season two. I hope you're enjoying the new video component on YouTube and uh, just a little bit of an expanded format. Robert has uh, brought some brilliant and brave insights into each of our interviews after... Okay. That was a compliment. Thank you, Brad. Okay. There you go. And then uh, we've introduced a mascot in season two as well, a Chorky named Winston, who I alone have the ability to hear. That's, well, I'm not going to say it's true. That's what you say. But we're not here to talk about that. We are, let's let's get in because we're just eating Well, today's guest and... is actually an old friend. Uh, his name is Phil Davis, and he's the executive director of Abba's Way. And one of the things that I like about Phil, before we totally bring him into this conversation, is that he's really all about the coming of age mm-hmm. ministry. This idea of, of marking the milestones of growing from childhood into adulthood. And I know, Robert, you and I both have a passion for that. Uh, with the ministries that we are a part of. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's it's something that has been lost in our modern day culture. And so we're excited to talk to, to Phil about um, his approach, not only what he does, but just the importance of it. So um, welcome, man. It's so good to have you here. Thanks, guys. It's great to be here. Looking forward to talking with you. Yeah. So Phil, we know you, but you need to, would you introduce yourself to our audience? Tell them a little bit about your background and how you got involved in ministry to uh, kids. Yes. Well, my name is Phil Davis, and Abba's Way is a ministry that a friend of mine and I started, and it's our 10-year anniversary, so it's easy for me to remember when we started. (laughs) 10 years ago, we began this thing called Abba's Way, and it was largely built on the deficit that we had as sons from our family of origin. Um, There were some things that we missed that our dads, and I'll speak for me personally, my dad just didn't have the bandwidth or the grid to know how to give those. Um, In his generation, if you had food, shelter, and clothing, that was the role of a father. Hmm. And so he didn't know to give more than that because he had never been given more than that. And so out of this deficit, we just began to dream of what do we want to give our sons? And what do we want to give our daughters? that we missed and that we want to make sure our kids don't miss. A lot of that was imparting masculinity and femininity into their souls and their hearts, knowing that fathers, they're they're the primary ones that the Bible has said is going to impart that. And what we've learned is if the father doesn't answer those four questions and impart that masculinity into them, they're going to look for it in other places and other ways and hear from other voices 
and we didn't want that to happen. We wanted them to hear primarily from our voice. So that's kind of how we started this. And just uh, knowing that in this after the Industrial Revolution, we just we just missed those things. Our society changed. We became modern and even now postmodern, and some would say post postmodern. But there were no longer any rites of passage. There weren't mm -hmm. any type of initiatory stages that kids go through. So we thought, what can we do? And so we created these experiential events where fathers could very intentionally provide a blessing for their kids and provide some rites of passage and a, a milestone in their sons' lives and in their daughters' lives of, you know, something happened mm. to me this weekend or on this event. Something changed. There was a shift in my heart where I went from being just a little boy to on the stages of manhood or womanhood. And we just try to provide that opportunity for dads because it, it's tough to do it on your own. You know, you, what do we do? How do we do it? And most dads that we've talked to and are part of know that there's something that they need to give their kids. They just don't know how and they don't know what. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of aggregated and worked some, with some great parenting experts um, from a, an adolescent counseling center here locally and created this experiential event. And like I said, we've been doing it 10 years now. So super excited we've uh, had about a thousand families from different countries representing about 10 different states all together come and be a part of this experience wow i can only imagine the uh the process that you went through with just these other guys 10 years ago like we're going to do something that wasn't done for us that could have turned really cynical uh, but instead you made it positive you turned around and said okay that didn't happen for me but I am going to do it for my kids. Yeah. Um, sure, there's some personal story behind that. Would you, would you be willing to share with our audience just a little bit about your own parenting experiences before you were formally a part of Abba's Way? Yeah, I would be happy to. And, and that's a deep story. I don't know if we have a few days where I can really unpack all that, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll try to hit the highlights. And for my story, you know, it's like I said earlier, you can't give away what you haven't been given. Hmm. And so I wasn't given anything more than that. But what I found is at the end of my brokenness, it became a bridge to something more, not a barrier. And right. so in the community of other men and through a lot of counseling, for me, the end of my brokenness was a divorce back in 2007, where I was at the end of myself. And that's when I began to, to heal my soul and do some soul care personally that really opened my eyes to the person I was today or in that day was in large part of because who I became as a young person, as a young man and a boy. And so to find healing for those, you know, these men that I was in community with, with actually began to father me and show me this is what a father does. This is how you impart truth and masculinity into another person. And uh, so that was kind of my story and certainly my walk with faith and my spiritual journey included a lot of fathering by God who gave me things that I didn't have and prepared me. So my daughter in particular, I remember we were talking you know, a couple of years after the, the divorce and there was a milestone in, in her mind that pre-divorce was bad dad and post-divorce was good dad. Hmm. And that's where I became a dad who was really engaged with my kids. And a large part of that was due to being engaged with my own heart 
and being fathered by these men and by God and becoming a much more whole person mm -hmm. so that there was more of me that I could give away to my kids. Yeah. That's awesome. I love I love that you talk about being intentional and because I think and I, I don't remember if we said this off the air but I know we've said it at some point together but um, there's a sense yeah, I think you just said it, actually. The guys have that there's something that we should be doing. There's something that we should be imparting, but we don't know where to start. And, you know, sometimes it takes being broken to actually have that part of us ignite to, to I guess, search for how we can do that. And, and so you've created these events where parents or, or dads can come and engage with their kids there are people out there what would you say to a listener out there that is listening going yeah i do sense that there's something and i don't know that i can they may be divorced and they don't they don't mm -hmm. have full custody and they don't know if they're going to you know be able to do this with their daughter or with their son um i know that we've talked about there are things that you can do so what, what would you say to someone listening right now beyond obviously try to get to one of the office get to one of the events but in the event that you can't Where's, where's a place we can start? Well, I think the place to always start is with the, their kid's heart. What does your child love? And how can you step into that world with them? Hmm. So for me personally, I took both my son and my daughter, which I guess I should state that. I have a 18-year-old son. I had to think for a minute because his birthday was recent. And a soon-to-be 17-year-old daughter. And when they were turning 13, both of them, I took them on what I called their 13-year adventure. It was kind of that marker. They were leaving kind of that um, time when I was their primary influencer, and they were entering that world where their peers were going to become their primary influencers. So I knew that this was kind of my last step as the, the father that I would be, and my role would be shifting a little bit as they continued to age. So I wanted to make sure that I commemorated and had as much of an impact in their lives while they were in this stage to receive from me because when they get older it's it's much more difficult to receive from your dad because you're you're so worried about being cool and your friends and your identity is more in your peers so I just wanted to take advantage of that so I knew that my son was a climber from a very early age he wanted to climb anything he could find so I created an experience that he and I went on just one-on-one -on -one, me and him and I wanted to incorporate climbing in that so for this I chose um, Yellowstone and uh, Jackson Hole Wyoming and excellent our, choice by it, the way ambitious was I had never been there before myself so it was kind of a bucket list for me kill two mm. birds with one stone BAM <laughs> and so I wanted to break it up into three segments. Um, this was just kind of in my mind how I felt God had been moving me and leading me to kind of create what's next beyond the six to 12 year old events that we were doing. And so I wanted to create experiences where my son Cooper could you know, observe nature. I looked at that was the first thing Adam did is he just observed what God had created. And then the second part of it was to engage with creation. And for that, we did some whitewater rafting, had a, a dinner out on the side of the river. We went on uh, an ATV, unguided ATV trip up in the, the mountains, wow. which was um, close to catastrophe, but God <laughs> provides. And it provided some real um, 
useful word pictures and images for my son as we talked about things. He, uh, hmm. he got in a few ditches. Um, he jumped off his ATV because he thought it was going off a mountain. And it provided some real good opportunities to discuss how this was a parallel to his real life. Hmm. And then finally, the last part of the experience I wanted to do was for him to take dominion over creation. And, you know, I feel that's, that's what God has given man. We are to take care and steward this planet, and he has given us dominion. So I wanted him to step into that very powerful, very masculine role of his, of his heart. So by doing that, we did an all-day family climb up the Grand Tetons. And uh, it was terrifying, yes. <laughs> and we both did it. And I was mentioning earlier, the most, one of the most terrifying things was rappelling down a sheer face of a cliff but then when they told us we had to climb back up, that was utter terror hmm. in that. So we accomplished that. We had our place at the top of the mountain. We got some great pictures. And we took dominion over that mountain, indeed. <laughs> and so then I had you know just a brief, what I would call a ceremony one-on-one, where he is a huge Lord of the Rings fan and had always wanted the sword Andoril, which was Aragorn's sword that the elves had reforged and given him um, as part of his journey in the two towers. And I had never let him have that. Just, I said, your time will come, but you're not ready to take the king's sword yet. And so I used a clip from the film to kind of set it up. And then I presented him with the sword and we looked at some scripture where it talked about, you know, but a man puts away childish things. And I really challenged him to step into his manhood mm. and to own that this is who you are. And, you know, we're acknowledging this. We're creating a time and space as a milestone in his life where you, you can look at this point and say, yes, something has been imparted into me. And I am no longer a little boy. I may not be fully a man at 13, but this is a big step toward that. And this is a milestone on my journey to manhood. So that was something that I did with my son that, you know, you can make it as expensive or as affordable as you want. It didn't have to be in Jackson Hole. You know, it doesn't have to be whitewater rafting and ATVs and a mountain climb. That's what I had the means and the heart to do. And that's something I wanted to give him. But you can do it in a much simpler way and still impart these ideas of observing nature, engaging with nature, and taking dominion over nature. Hmm. And, but the key is to what is in the heart of your son or daughter already that you can bring out. Again, my son was climbing, and so I wanted to bring that out of his heart already. Hmm. I love that. So it's really, it's really discovering and learning your kids first, and then and pursuing their interest rather than expecting them to kind of get into our world. We've done a podcast before with someone that that was talking about the importance of learning your children and mm-hmm. kind of yes. understanding what aspects of of their interest and their personality is unique to them because it is different than their siblings and certainly different than their parents. So I love that, that it's really about being intentional of first discovering what it is that is... Um, of interest to your kids and then uh, how about a daughter i know that you you did something with your daughter as well which uh, you didn't did you go mountain climbing she has a very different heart than my son and a few different interests um hers would be a little bit more centered around makeup so Hmm. we did a trip to manhattan which is a place she had never been i had been there several times so i knew a little bit of the lay of the land we saw Wicked together a few years earlier uh, at TPAC here in Nashville, mm-hmm. and it spoke to both of our hearts in some deep mythic way. Mm-hmm. But we really connected around that. 
So with her loving makeup, loving to shop, and wanting to see a show, I knew that Manhattan and Broadway was our destination. So that was in her heart. I wanted to give her a place where she could just do the things that she loved doing. Again, a one-on-one -on -one trip. And I did not know there were so many Sephora shops in Manhattan. But <laughs> I can I, vouch for that. There's plenty I of them. I believe we hit almost every one of them for a makeover, and I have pictures to prove it. <laughs> and she just came alive. You know, having somebody attend to her and put on makeup professionally, she just loved it. Mm. And we were shopping. She actually tuckered out about the third day and said dad i'm i'm ready to hit the hotel <laughs> it's like praise god yeah exactly because <laughs> i know i am too there's a lot of walking that goes on but we saw um wicked on broadway and i remember i had gone to great lengths to get the very best tickets i could so we were third row in the center hmm. and i remember as the the usher was showing us our seats and he kind of turned left to go toward the stage my daughter morgan was just we were holding hands and she pulled on my arm and looked at me and said, are we really going up this close? Mm. And I said, yeah, this is where we're going. Remember, she's just going to break me down in tears too. She just broke down in tears just that she was being so lavished. Mm. Yeah. And that That's spoke beautiful. to her heart. And I remember at the, at the intermission, she just looked at me and said, I can't believe this is happening. Mm. So, that was definitely something that I wanted to give her. And, you know, at our events, we talk about the things that girls long to hear most that they need from their fathers, these questions, if you will, that they need answered and say, am I lovely and do I matter? Hmm. And so that week, I tried to speak answers into those questions of, yes, you're stunningly lovely and absolutely you matter and you're worth fighting for. And so that was this kind of a treat that she wasn't expecting that I could give her mm. to lavish her and let mm -hmm. her know that, oh yeah, you're, you're worth this and so much more. Mm. And so that was what that experience with my daughter looked like. And I would say the same thing. It's, it's about paying attention to what's in front of you, looking at your kids individually, knowing that they have different hearts, different interests, and God has wired them in a very unique way. Mm. And so pay attention to what's in front of you. And the big deal is to step into their world. Mm -hmm. Don't bring them into you and what your interests are, but enter their world and speak their language. And you will have their heart like you never have them before if you will take the time to do that and step into their world. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, I do too. And, I, you know, one of the things that I love, Phil, as you're describing that, the, you know, that was several years ago. Mm, but right. it's just as if it just happened. I can see it in your eyes. You're... Your eyes were tearing up, but the emotion of that memory is right there. Um, that's a beautiful thing for a dad and a daughter to share. Yeah. That will yes. always be there for you. And I, I think as parents, especially within the churched world, the people who attend church regularly and, and consider themselves evangelical or Christian, I think we get caught up in saying the right things to our kids. And, and in reality, it might be simpler than that. It might actually just be what we do. Right. And right. what you were describing and the way that you treated your daughter, especially, uh, you were speaking to her without, without using your mouth. Like it was all action. You were demonstrating to her love. And I, I want to encourage uh, parents who are listening today, you know, it's great to explain things and it's good to teach, but it's better to do. And not to think that you have to have the right words or the exact phrases because, you know, some of us aren't 
great at articulating heart things, Mm -hmm. especially as men, you know. Um, But doing something is, it shows intention and it shows um, your heart for your kid, whether it's a boy or a girl. And so I, I love the fact that you did that. And I think the the, the takeaway on in this specifically for a parent out there that may not feel like they have all the right things to say is to you don't have to you have to just be intentional about what you do with your kids and pursue that rather than thinking you have to have the formula worked out yeah so that <clears throat> thank you for sharing those those sort of really private moments in your mm-hmm. own family with us and our audience but I thought it was important to set the foundation for where Abba's way grew from it wasn't just an abstract theological thing that you were like, oh, we should do something about this. There's a need and we'll respond. It was actually something that grew out of your own experiences. And so there's such moral authority from that, right? You've yeah. done this. You know what it what it can do for your kids. And so as you lead other men through that process and, and your team now helps lead uh, – fathers through this process with their sons and their daughters, I can't help but think that brings incredible fulfillment and encouragement to you. Yeah, well, Abba's Way was never intended to be anything. Um, We really intended for the three of us who kind of started this to go on a camping trip and do this for our sons. And as we began to share this in the community of men that we're with, they wanted to join in with us and say, hey, I want to go on that too with my son. And so before we knew it, there were like 50 people that wanted to be a part of this. It's like, that's kind of hard at a state campground, you know, to get 50 people in a tent. So we really struggled with this because then we started talking about contracts with the retreat center and minimums and guarantees. And like this, we were just going to go on a camping trip. I mean, this is a lot bigger than we were expecting. And we just spent a couple of days. I remember very clearly I was in Laguna Beach at a conference and we said, let's just spend some time in prayer and see what God wants us to do. Does he really want us to pull back and just give this to our sons? Or is this something that he wants us to give away more broadly? And I remember sitting on Laguna Beach and I was watching the the waves kind of crash over the sand. And what I saw was as the water would pull out, these holes would come in where crabs and and other vermin and stuff were leaving these holes. And then the wave would come in and bring all this sand and just cover it up. And I just felt God speaking to me that there are so many holes that fathers have where they don't know what to give their kids. And I'm going to use this experience to cover those holes and fill them up. And so I went back and talked to friends of mine and said, you know, I heard God say, go. What did you hear? And they all, you know, we heard him go. Mm. So then it's like, okay, I I guess we're doing this thing. And we figured we better have a name and make a 501c3 and get some tax benefits um, since we were going (laughs) to be paying out of our pockets. And so that's kind of really how Abba's Way even started. It was never intended to be this ministry to do these events for 10 years. It was just a camping trip that we still haven't gone on yet, by the way. <laughs> still waiting for that camping trip with the three of us. Well, I think it's grown by the Lord's blessing. And for those who are wondering, Abba's Way is a, is a ministry that does two events uh, in the summer. It looks like every August you have Father's Heart Weekend. That's correct. We usually do it the third weekend of August. and. Then on uh, for our young ladies, because I have a daughter who's a year younger than my son, and after two years of doing this with my son, she began to look at me and say, well, Dad, what about me? What are you going to do with me? 
And at that point, I realized I could either do something or create a massive father wound in my daughter. <laughs> and so it was like, you know, I haven't been a daughter. This is a little more difficult for me. So give me a little time. And the next year went by and she said, I gave you a little time. What are you going to do? And so I promised her that year, I said, next year we will, we will create something. I don't know what it's going to be, how long it's going to be, but we'll have something for daughters. And that's where Father's Delight came from. And it is a one-day event that we do on the Saturday before Father's Day here in uh, the Nashville area. This was our sixth year to, to do that event. So wonderful, beautiful event. Wow, that's amazing. For those who are listening, uh, when I say it's amazing, I, the, the tagline for Father's Delight is step inside the fairy tale. I'm looking mm -hmm. at one of your brochures right now, and it, it, is an, it looks like a very elegant and really almost romantic event in the sense that there's beauty, there's fashion, there's activities that daughters would really enjoy there. Yeah, one of the things that's very unique about this event is, you know, there's a lot of father-daughter dances, and those are great, and we want to support those. We just wanted it to be something more that speaks deeper into a girl's heart, so we created a full-day event. So the, it's kind of broken into three segments because I grew up Baptist and like threes. <laughs> so there is <laughs> adventure because the belief is that girls long for adventure just as much as boys but they want to be invited into it by a trusting figure. They don't just run headlong into it, but they want to be a part of it. And again, movies are my metaphor for everything. So I looked at Princess Leia from Star Wars, and I looked at Eowyn and Arwen from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and they were critical characters in the story. And things could have gone terribly wrong without them being mm -hmm. involved in it. Yeah. So that's where we create this idea of adventure. So we do, you know, zip lines, we do giant swings, and we do climbing walls, and we do stuff on the lake with blobs. And we want girls to experience that they have a critical role, and we do that by adventure. And then the second part is ceremony, where we have a very beautiful time where the fathers bless and name their daughters as lovely. And then the third part is celebration, and that's where we have a feast, because what father-daughter experience isn't complete without a feast, and then we close it out with a big dance with the DJ and lights and all that. So from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m., and we kind of dance until the dads can't dance anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and the girls are always ready for a little bit more, and the dads are just tapping out. Wow. And for more information, for those of you uh, who want to find out about these events, abbasway.org is the website. It's A-B-B-A-S-W-A-Y.org. Phil, you are uh, remarkable in the sense that you've been through some difficulties. You have fought through as a single father. You've, you've overcome some real challenges in your life. And here you are on the other side leading other men to do better as, as fathers. Um, I am so inspired by that. And uh, my thought would be to, to challenge our audience if you're listening. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what you've been through or how good or bad you've been as a, as a husband or a father. There's always that opportunity for redemption. Yes. The power of God stepping into our brokenness is actually a beautiful thing to watch. And so I know I've been to one of these events. Uh, I went to a Father's Heart weekend a few years ago and spoke there. And I was so touched just by the uh, response of the dads as they did that final ceremony mm -hmm. over their son. You know, the sons were, were blessed, but I think the dads might have been blessed even more. 
Yes. Yeah. We talk a lot about reciprocity and that it's so important. And we, we do that. You know, we try to make it as experiential as possible. There's very, t- very few times where we'll just set people down and talk to them. So the idea of this reciprocity, we, we do during a game of catch, you know, and the idea is that if the sons just catch the ball and they don't throw it back, the game is over. Hmm. That the fathers need something from the sons too. It goes both ways. The, the dads don't just give to the sons, but there's something that they can receive mm-hmm. from their sons too. And that plays out in the ceremony in a very powerful way where, you know, their eyes are locked and this, the father is blessing and naming his son, but he's also getting something very deep from the experience as he watches his son. And you were there, the, the countenance of these boys change. Mm-hmm. You know, something physically Absolutely. manifests itself yeah. in, in, their, in their souls during this. And to see that, to see that transformation as a father is such an amazing experience. Mm. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I know there, there have to be dads robert who are out there today listening to this and they've got a a, you know a high schooler or a junior high young man and and they know they should do something (laughs) they just don't know what to do and uh, i think abba's way is a great place uh, to start and if if you can't get to nashville in the summer um there there are probably some things that dads could do right where they are Right where they yeah, live. I think the examples that you gave of just looking for the things that are interesting to our kids and, and pursuing those are it's a great place to start. And um, I know that's been it's been encouraging to me listening to the story. I think that the one of the takeaways and you talk about how the dads get something out of this is um, for listeners out there that may be in a broken place. Um, I think it's remarkable what God does in those spaces. And listening to your story, I think it's important to not only pay attention to what is going on in our kids' life and what is what is of interest to them, but also to pay very close attention to what God is doing in our life. Mm. Because what has happened with Abba's Way came out of a broken season. It came out of an uh, a, a, a intent, like you wanted to go on a camping trip, and this turned into something more. And I can't help but believe that God has that same desire for every person on this planet, that there is something that is he has put inside, a purpose that he has put inside each of us, that if we pay attention and pursue those things that may not seem like we've got it all together. In fact, in some ways, you're breaking a cycle of brokenness. And so this was not something that you were equipped to do by your own father. This came out of a wound. And so paying attention to those things, I hope our listeners are getting that. I think they are from your story that we need to pay attention and ask God to really reveal what might be what might be inside of us, whether it be broken or maybe it's a victory that we have, but that he wants to use us in small ways or in large ways like like you're doing. I think that that's what's significant about hearing your story is not just the impact it's having on dads and and their sons. But the model that you've created of embracing what God has planted in you, not because of your expertise, but because of your brokenness, mm. I think that's amazing. You said a really important word in that about seasons. Mm. And lest anybody listening to this think that, you know, in my brokenness and then I've done these events and suddenly life has a nice little bow on it. <laughs> not true. Um, there are seasons that we go through as men, as fathers, and as mothers, and there are also seasons that our children go through. 
and you can do as many things as you think are right and it not have the end result that you want Hmm. at least for a long time and both my kids have had some real struggles as they've grown older and you know it was i tried to do everything right i tried to turn the cycle i tried to break the chain i tried to do some generational Hmm. reformatting and they still have struggled in different areas and there are times that i've looked and said how can i lead these events when you know you know my kids at this particular moment are a mess and you know what does that say about me as a father and i've learned that you know first of all it's, it's not really about me um i always need to remind myself about that it's about god and it's about my kids and, and how they their lives intersect with the gospel and so when they struggle i'm there for them and i support them and i try to give them everything i can to point them to the one who can ultimately redeem everything that is wrong in their lives but god honors our choices and he honors their choices and when they're struggling you know he can redeem that when things are going great you know i'm i'm hoping we can stay in that moment so i spend a lot of time talking about seasons because i I believe I'm coming out of a very long, cold winter where there was never Christmas, um, to borrow from CS. Um, you know, and I have to remind myself that this is a season, you know, and it won't, it hasn't always been this way, and it won't always be this way. And I just wanted to make sure that I said that, you know, there are times in our lives when we feel so connected to our kids and, and life is just good, and you feel the full bloom of summer. And then there are times when it's just cold and things are disconnected, there's strife. It just seems no matter what you do, you're not getting through to your son and your daughter. Mm. And if, if either of those places, there's a place for you in the bigger story. And it won't always be that way. So enjoy that lush summer and you know, engage and be as present as you can because it won't always be that way. And likewise, if you find you're in a rough stretch of road, you know, just hold on to hope because it won't always be that way either. Hmm. And, you know, as I said, looks like I'm coming out of a long, cold winter and I am super grateful to see some things blossoming and to see, I think spring might actually be coming. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure reminder. that uh, anybody listening to this doesn't think, hey, the man that there's a man who's got it all together as a dad because not quite so. No, we can. I know Brad and I can both relate to that. It's well, not, you can. Well, I know you can, too. You may no. not see or embrace no. your brokenness, but you no. are pretty broken, my friend. No, I'm pastor. Okay. Yeah, you got it all together. <laughs> well, no, it's a great reminder. It is a great reminder. Thank you, Phil, for taking the time to come into the studio and share about Abba's Way. I know that uh, there are lots of families who really are looking for ways to celebrate their kids and to help them transition from childhood to adult. Uh, so kudos to you thank and you the guys. team behind what you do. Such thank an honor to be here. Appreciate it so much. Thank you for sharing. Well, Robert, I, you know, I enjoy conversations whenever I talk with guys who are uh, actively pursuing the hearts of their kids. Um, yeah, and know. it's so evident. Yeah, you can tell. I mean, you can just look at that guy, and he's just he's all heart. Yeah, he's totally heart, and you know, and creative. I mean, mm. you, you listen to. You know, I remember Veron. You you mentioned yeah. Veron, Pastor Veron from season one, and he's talking about study your kids. Yeah, you know, like you should know your kids better than they know themselves. Yeah, and then uh, to hear Phil talk about these trips he planned for for his daughter and his son. I mean, he knows his kids. Right. I mean, those were very very specific events that were carefully thought out. So I 
I mean, I hope I'm that good as a dad, you know? Yeah, well, I think, I, I know you are. I've, I've watched you. Um, but I also know that we fail from time to time. And that's why I think it's so important what he ended with, and that is the seasons. You know, we go through, we have, at some point, we have to be intentional and do our best. But there's also a point where we have to trust that God is in pursuit of our kids as much as in, he's in pursuit of us. And it's not our job to define their destiny. And so as much as these intentional things are important and and we have to trust that, that there are seasons to things and we may not see the harvest of what we believe we're putting into it. Or we may see it temporarily go, okay, this really resonated with my daughter or with my son. And then two years from now, I'll go, was that not real? We have to trust that God, if we're deliberate and intentional and following what we believe he has us do as a father to our kids or as a mother to our kids, we have to trust him with the rest of it, that he's going Mm -hmm. to have those things come into fruition, even if it doesn't appear like they're growing at that time. Especially. Yeah. Especially if it doesn't appear like it. I, you know, I'm looking back now, I'm looking forward to having my first grandchild this year. Um looking at all the things I did wrong and all the grace that God uh, showed mm. in my family and to me in particular as a dad raising two ki- two daughters and a son. The one thing I know for sure is that, that the language of love is time. Mm-hmm. And so for the parent who's listening and they're going, look, I can't go to Yellowstone or I can't take my kid to downtown Manhattan on a three-day Broadway shopping trip – I the don't good news look, is you don't. Yeah, you don't have to do that. Those are just illustrations. Yeah. Um, but spending time, real time with them, uh, sacrificially giving up something that you would rather do to do what they would rather do. Right. I think that becomes then the heart of of parenting in my my view. I agree with that. Yeah. Because I I think at the end of the day our kids are absorbing the truth of our actions not so much our words without a doubt and i think that you know what we're what we're saying is to be deliberate about spending time what we're not saying is you give kids whatever they want correct (laughs) there's a fine line because you know i mean studying our kids and then giving them everything that they want is not that the 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 purpose that I think we're trying to identify here is the pursuit of their heart, not just material things, whether it's Manhattan or whether it's Baskin Robbins. I mean, it really is about carving out deliberate time. And that's, I think what you said is so important. The time is is the currency that really matters. Yeah. And, and the one last thought I would throw out uh, after listening to Phil, you know, he's, he sort of made this comment in a self-deprecating way at the end where he says, you know, that doesn't mean my life and my kids have all just gone great. My mm-hmm. life isn't wrapped up in a bow because I did these things or I'm a part of this Abba's Way ministry. And I, I want to really reinforce that there are no simple, quick fixes mm-hmm. to parenting kids. Yeah. Uh, whether you're a Christian in a post, post-Christian culture or not, your children, as they go into the teen years and, and, and early college years, they are going to be trying on different ideas, different beliefs as they process what it is they truly believe. And so you've got to trust that the seeds that you've planted, which will be those experiences, Mm -hmm. those investments of time, that by the grace of God, they do bear fruit. That's right. Couldn't agree more. 
Yeah. Well, I appreciate Phil and his willingness to share with us. Yeah, if uh, if any of this resonates with you and you're looking for uh, ways to plug your kids into these coming-of-age events, Abba's Way is one of many. Uh, there are other ministries out there and probably some in your, your local area. If you don't live in the central Tennessee area, there are others throughout the United States, and so we encourage you to Google search that. Before we uh, hang up, so to speak, uh, I, I definitely wanted to give, you know, our moment of praise to Winston, the mascot. Uh, Winston, our Chorky, has been talking to me. I changed the kind of cheese. We went from a yellow to a white cheese. He seemed to like that. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. but I, I know uh, a lot more than you think I know, Brad. He doesn't like the craisins, though, that come in the little thing. <laughs> no. He, he spits those out. No, he doesn't. But he does like the white cheese. And, and so for that, I'm grateful um, that he he was willing to share with me, he he had this entire discussion with me, and I'm just going to share a little piece of it because we don't have time. For those of us listening, this is his conversation with my dog. Well, I am the dog whisperer. Yeah. So okay. There's a thing here that I didn't know, and Winston sort of filled me in. Since we're talking about men and fathering, he told me some stuff about denim jeans mm. that I think you know our listeners might want to know. Did you know that? The word denim comes from the city of Genoa, Italy. Did you know that? Um, Doesn't seem to make sense, right? No. I yeah. Didn't know that. Well, it did. In fact, the translation from Italian to English is denim. And so Genoa means denim. Yeah. What? I mean, yeah, you can look. So it up if you yourself. go to Italy and you go, "Hey, nice Genoa," <laughs> it means well, like you're saying it, nice. It denim? actually translates to N I M E S, which then is pronounced denim. Even though it looks like <laughs> Ninum, it's pronounced Denim in English. Mm, okay. So Ninum or Denim came from the city of Genoa, and it was in the 1500s. And then Levi Strauss uh, came to America in the 1870s out in San Francisco, and he was working with this stuff he learned about in Italy. Mm. And uh, that's how we got Denim. And I'm sitting on some Denim right now. So uh, technically, jeans are Italian. I don't even know what to. I think that the cheese I mean, you gave Winston was. Dude, bad. that is some smart dog. That's all I got to say about that. Well, so uh, if you're out, it's and interesting to know. You're doing your milestone uh, sort of celebration with your kids. Just remember that your genes are really Italian and you're not as tough as you think you are. All right. That's right. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. And uh, I. Uh, you're astounded. I to, I'm astounded. You're astounded. You have no words. I'm trying to craft the right thing to say because Did it's just... Did you know that, Alexis? Our oh, producer, Alexis. See, Alexis didn't even know. And she's a, That's because I think it's she, bad cheese and bad information. She's a gene expert. And, and I, I think The factsite.com, that, that is the source. Ah, so it wasn't Winston. Well, I mean, Winston told me about the factsite.com. Okay. So, I, at the end of the day... I think you just brought this up because you're wearing your denim jumper today and you wanted to find something that was consistent. Rompers or, are coming back. That's all I can say. Uh, yes, I know. Yeah. But not those shorts ones. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and our podcast world, we have fun with these podcasts, partly because what we talk about is kind of serious. And... Uh, we want to make sure that as you engage your children in this culture to remind you that you can have some fun with this. Uh, don't take your life so serious that it's all about parenting and you forget to live the adventure that is life. So next week we will be talking with someone. Talking with someone. And we hope you join us. Um, 
and please, if you think about it, just give us a rating on iTunes or um, Stitcher or SoundCloud, SoundCloud. and uh, we thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Yep. Next week, we're going to have Zach Fay. He's the director and president of Light Gliders, a brand new online resource for parents. It's a software game, and it's the gospel, all tied into one very updated and innovative app. We hope if you're looking for something new for your kids, you'll enjoy this podcast. So definitely come back here next week for Brilliantly Brave Parenting. Parents, remember, even if you may not feel brilliant or brave, you are. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 13. This podcast is a service of iShine Ministries and the Tween Gospel Alliance. All rights reserved. Donations to Brilliantly Brave are tax deductible at iShineLive.com. Review and subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or on our webpage. And read our blog and connect with us at WordPress at BrilliantlyBrave.com. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Brilliantly Brave. iShine is a faith-based ministry and media company that looks and feels a lot like a Christian version of Disney. iShine is more than entertainment. We're the producer of the largest Christian tween TV series in the world, a nationally syndicated radio show, a Nashville-based record label, host to multiple live tours and summer festivals, an interactive website and social media, and a provider of printed and digital devotionals, preteen Bibles, and church curriculums. But more than anything, we're a trusted Christian resource for parents and pastors. You can turn to us for all things Check us out at iShineLive.com. Hey, parents and grandparents, this is Zach Fay, creator of Light Gliders, a digital game world of Christian faith and fun. The critical years to impact kids for Christ are before the age of 13, and kids are spending more time digitally connected than ever before. Light Gliders was created to redeem this time and to encourage faith, values, and meaningful conversations among the kids you care about. Visit us today at lightgliders.com or download the Light Gliders app.